I want to talk about this. You unfriended me. I did. Why? I, I unfriended, this is a very special episode. I unfriended this. a lot of people. Why? I, I also. How could you do that to me? <laughs> right. I no. I um. I was a big jerk online until maybe about five months ago. Actually. Living glam. Living rough. Living with Jonathan and Katie. Welcome, Welcome to, to living, living with Jonathan, Jonathan and, and Katie. Katie. I'm Katie French, and I love a big mug. <laughs> I'm Jonathan Serta Raul, and I'm fine with a small mug as long as it knows what to do. <laughs> as long as it knows how to hold my liquid. I'm sorry I said that. Um, you. Um, what's been going on with you, Katie? Literally, I feel like I had a new baby, but it's just all I ever talk about is my new apartment. It's just you and the apartment. Yeah, it truly yeah. is. But I've um, I've been on a rug journey. Um, is this code for lesbianism? <laughs> that was a cheap joke, but I had to take it, y'all. It's this is no, this is totally related to the theme because we're talking to Robin Tran, who's trans. Yes, um, and it's about identity and your search for identity. And right now, I am searching for the perfect rug. Anytime you move into a new place, you always just have to get like new. Like you might have had a bookcase, but it doesn't fit there anymore. So you just, right. I've just accepted that. Um, and I, I buy like a new big like apartment thing like um, one a month yeah. you know so i just got my bar cart today it's gorgeous it's beautiful it is it's beautiful. This beautiful bar cart you know what i do love about this new apartment katie i mean it, for the listeners we've mentioned it it's a palm springs oasis abode but in the middle of la um we don't have to worry about roaches anymore Really, like, I've not seen a single roach while I've been here, whereas, like, when I stayed at your old one, yeah. that was a problem. Yeah, and I did get it fumigated a lot, and it, but it was, like, summertime. They loved to, they like to summer in Little Armenia is what I learned. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, not a problem here. So, I... Your Airbnb was cheap enough for them, so... Right. They, yeah. <laughs> I love a budget. Um... But so I'm I'm getting close to like I I've just kept a master list of everything I want mm-hmm. and like slowly been working through it. So I'm like very almost down to Well then again, I, I've just finished the front rooms. Then I'm gonna work on the bedroom. I feel like you've been done with this apartment for a while, but there's like new things that start appearing. It's like it's like slowly morphing into into its like fully realized form. My friend Jicky, shout out to Jicky, she's a home editor. Yeah. And she's who I like message with when I'm like, Am I crazy for this decor? You know? Yeah. And um she was like I was messaging her because I was like, we had this girls weekend and we were trying to find this rug that was in a, it was like the rug I wanted and it was in a picture, but like with nothing, like how do you find this rug, you know? And so there were four women each like um, on a computer or technical device searching for this rug, like on a Saturday night. Like it was like the mystery rug. And I, I don't know how I found it, but I actually found it. Really? Like I couldn't even reverse Google image search, but I just was like, yeah, I found it, ordered it, hated it. And so I was like, Jakey, I was like, oh, I'm so dumb for like returning it. And then she was like, it's called the evolution of decor. So like you get your base, you lay a base yes. and then you contour basically. Nike, my boyfriend ordered a rug and it's the rug that we have, but it, the same thing happened to him. He really loved it in the picture. We unfurled it and it was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But we just kept it because we were honestly, we couldn't go on. We were, yeah. you know, we just had gotten a new couch. We were just like, yeah, we can't keep ordering new shit. So No, totally. And sometimes you're like, that's why the rug I have here is cute, but it'll be destroyed very shortly because it's like white right. plush, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I knew even when I bought it, it was like going, you know what? This rug was like going out with a really hot guy. Like I go, you're so hot. Like, and this is going to be great for like six months. And right. then after that, it's just going to be, you're going to be miserable or yeah. you're going to be trash and we're going to be done. Yeah. That's how I feel about my white shag rug. I mean, that's really my lifestyle. What just have rugs. you been up to, Jonathan? Um, I recently attended the first annual 
um, edition of Spanish Club. Oh, Spanish Club. Yeah. Spanish, LA Comics Spanish Club? Yes. So it's uh, not just for LA Comics, but it's basically these, it's just like a Latino run Spanish Club for mostly Latinos who are in the LA comedy scene and then other Latinos that they know um, who get together and just like speak in Spanish and practice just their Spanish. Um, and I won't out the comedian who started it because I don't know if he wants me to like, like pop, like say it. On right. A podcast. You guys, this is a very VIP group as well. So it, don't, yes, don't be but, trying to get into to Spanish club. It's a, it's a hot ticket. You know, <laughs> if you can get, you can get in, if you can get in, if you can. Um, but yeah, it's, it's basically for Latinos to become better at Spanish. And it was great. We had our first one and I brought my mom with me who is so cute. Yeah. It's so cute. And of course, she was very kind for coming because, as you know, she's from Mexico and she is fluent in Spanish. That's her first language. But she basically came to kind of like be the the reference point for everyone to like, yeah. you know, <laughs> are we saying this? The correct? maestra. Yeah. La maestra. And then um, it was just great. And, and everyone was at different levels, but it, we had like a system and we went around and we like told stories. And it was very much like it was it was fun. It, it was like um it was very much like, you know, we would talk in Spanish and then, of course, then we would like go on rants about like, you know, Latino things. And then like people would be like, yes, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like it was very beautiful. It was very fun. And I hope more people come. There was Mexican food there. It was in Echo Park. It was just great. It was it was just a fun I time. I love you guys building Comunidad. <laughs> yeah. And I have been doing the community a favor by not attending. <laughs> no, but it is open to non-Latinos too. I, I know that there were some non-Latinos invited. Um, it's just none of them showed up. Wow. What allies. I know. Mm. Colonialism. But, but honestly, that's fine because uh, most of the people who did show up, it was a small group, but most of the people who did show up because they were Latino already had some type of familiarity with like even though we were at different levels, it had familiarity with Spanish in some way. So there wasn't like, although I guess a lot of the white people who were invited were like Cali people. So they would probably yeah. have some familiarity, but yeah. Was there a format? Like, did you answer questions or was it like, yeah, there was like a whole sheet of questions in Spanish and we all went around and answered in Spanish. Oh, cute. So that's what it is. And you know, as we kept going around, we like would elaborate more with the answers and stuff. And then, um, and then my mom would like, correct me if I made a mistake or like, you know, or if someone else made a mistake, that person would correct the other person. Like, it was just great. It was cool. Um, I'm just hoping it becomes just this like big stand and deliver type Edward James almost type thing where it's like all these Latinos coming to learn Spanish. And then we all can just like go out and any Latinos who ever felt like their Spanish wasn't good enough, whether they didn't speak anything at all or whether it was like just broken or like only conversational. I hope like one day, like, you know, you get something out of it and like they felt like they could go out and stunt, you know. Well, when you're ready to take your AP test, just call Senora Garner, my mother. <laughs> she has a, a high pass rate. Right. And But she um, better not be teaching any vosotros or anything from vosotros, Spain. Any país? No, um, país? No, I don't know. Uh, vosotros, the, the tense That's from the Spain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Well, I'm so happy that you are on the path to connecting with your true identity. I mean, girl, I've been connected. You've been on connecting. I've been connected. This is just, this is just more about you know the community, honestly. Yeah, going but full on. Th that that just brings us to um, the episode that we recorded, which I think is probably one of our favorite episodes. I didn't tell you guys this, but during the interview, I did 
cry. You did? Yes, but I didn't say anything because Robin, she was talking and I didn't want to be like, I'm crying now. You know what I mean? Well, I was going to say, this is our first episode where someone cried. Yes. And and the first one that I didn't make them cry. Right. And that is rare. So I, I actually felt she had texted me afterwards and was like, oh, I don't know what's that a lot. And I'm like, honey, I love when people cry in my presence. Oh, and, and it, this is not like a very special episode. This no. is not like that. Robin, it was very, very funny. She was absolutely great. She was hilarious. But, you know. We, it's real shit. It's real shit. So um, listen to this episode. If you want to hear about uh, from a great comedian who opens for Margaret Cho, who's been on Comedy Central, who's been on Hulu, has her own special. Yeah, follow her, watch her stuff. Um, she's hilarious. She's absolutely hilarious. Guys, we went really far. We flew to the west side for this. To, I mean, that's dedication. This is how much we do like we basically Robin crossed Trans a border comedy, <laughs> is that we fl- we crossed the border onto the west side for this bitch <laughs> all right guys please enjoy our interview with robin Tran. yes i came out to my mom uh, a couple years ago and that was really really hard you know um oh i'm sorry i mean emotionally it was hard but i mean more logistically because she doesn't speak any english and i don't really speak vietnamese so it was like just literally logistically difficult to come out to my mom. Like we're sitting in the car and one day I just go, Mom, in Vietnam, do they have people born boy brain girl? And she goes, what? Born boy brain girl. And she goes, okay, I don't know. Sometime. I go, okay, me, that. And she goes, no. Uh, I go, yes, mom. She goes, no, you not, girl, you boy. And I'm like, mom, boy, girl. And she goes, no, you boy, you lucky, because boy is good and girl is bad. And I go, why? And she goes, I don't know. for like 45 minutes. Born, boy, break. We're just yelling at each other. <laughs> and then eventually I get through to her a little bit and she goes, okay, I understand, but to me, I still see you as boy. And I go, okay, mom, you see me as boy. I sad, I kill myself. <laughs> and she goes, oh, you girl. I'm like, yes, mom. <laughs> I am girl. Welcome back. Welcome back. Sluts. We <laughs> are here with an old, old friend of mine uh, who is very funny, very talented writer, um, thought leader. Um, what else? Stand-up comedian. Stand-up comedian, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I probably should have led with that. I actually am more inspiring than funny. So. Yeah. Oh, blogger. Like when people, blogger. Blogger, yes. Not, um, that's a joke. That's not true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you have seen her on uh, Comedy Central's Roast Battle, her comedy special, Comedy Invasion, on Hulu, uh, Netflix, and yeah. other things. Please welcome Robin Tran. Hello, hello. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. Thank of course. you for having um, the strength to be here today to share your journey. 
That's really important. Um, for people who don't know, so I, Robin and I have been doing comedy ever. We started in Orange County together. Yeah. And I have um, a huge complaint that I've always wanted to address. With you, sure, of course. Which is that uh, our first show at the Bray, I don't know if it was yours, I think it was my first show at the Bray Improv. Uh-huh. It was a showcase show and it was like some shady booker with a ponytail. I remember this. And yeah. And it was very much like flyer, get all your friends to come out. Okay. And somehow between my friends and my coworkers, I had like 42 people show up <laughs> for my first show. I remember this. And oh, the thing was that whoever, whichever comic brought the most got $75. Yes. Okay. And Robin had like 43, <laughs> but she swooped you freaking poached two of mine because my friends were actually, I didn't know her coworkers. Yeah. Oh. Right. And so they were like, whose guest list are you on? And they were like, oh, I don't know. Like, is it. They just kind of did. They just went with whatever. Right. right. Yeah. And so Robin won the money. And I was like, motherfucker, you stole my friends. I'm sorry. It's okay. That was um, back in the day when I had friends. Uh, oh, yeah. Was- oh, yeah. Throwback. Was it? It's not Thursday yet, but yeah. Could you guys get? Um, and I'm not talking about fans or audience members. Um, could you get 43 people of close friends to come out to shows now? No. Yeah. I yeah. was thinking about that the other day. I was like, no. Nor would I want them to. No. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We got taken advantage of because, like, I didn't realize till later on that, like, bringing out your friends is like a credit card. You know, right. like you, you, you should ask them to come to like your big shows. You know, but right. when you first start, you're like, oh, my God, this is my big break. I'm going to invite every friend I have to this one show. And then it gets like 50 whatever people I had. I think the next show I had like 40 some other people, like three shows in a row. Yeah. And then by the fourth one, I had like five people come out. Like, I'm not going to see you four months in a row. Like, are you out yeah. of your mind? And now... I don't really have friends anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because like, you made like them to go see your comedy? Yeah, yeah exactly. It was, yeah. yeah, I will never forget. And I just remember being like devastated that I was like, the $75 was mine. Oh, one last thing about that booker. Um, he had a ponytail. That matsters matters because he was like, afterwards trying to tell me he would like rep me or something and oh, i was like God. for what like you, oh that did, at that really... point did you understand what that meant no i did but i was okay. like in what world do, would you rep me you know what i mean <laughs> he, he was, was just so like shady. i think i could just get opportunities for you and like at, he was just like you know you're young you're pretty like just oh, so pretty. oh he was trying to marvelous miss mazel you yes, he wanted exactly. to like he's like i think i'm a manager now yeah. and then he just starts yeah, yeah. No, you know what? When I first came out, I don't really dress up as much anymore. But when I first came out, I encountered that for the first time where I'm like, I think he's being nice. I don't want to be presumptuous, but that was a weird thing to say. I had like I was like, you know, and also like no one. But when I was, you know, Robert, no one ever hit on me ever, you know, except for like the few times it happened. It's like, well, I'm I'm with her for eight years now, you know, like, um, but like, yeah, this one guy messaged me and we were friends from before. And he was like, you know, we should write together. We should do open mics. together. You got the right together line. I got right together. I got that. And then um, I was like, okay, you know, don't. No, don't presume anything. He's right. just being nice. And then he was like, "Well, I you know I'm just I'm just not as uh, funny or cute as you." Uh, and I was like, "That's uh, a that's a weird thing to say to somebody." Like, if you just said, "Hey, look, can I give you a compliment? I think you're really nice looking now." Like, I was like, "Okay, whatever." But it was like, "You want to wait? You want to hang out? And you're calling me cute? Okay, like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel unsafe, but it feels like I kind of don't want to see you for a while." Like, yeah. Like you know, like and I, I don't think he's a creepy guy. I just think like. I, I'm not used to dealing with those awkward, Yeah, is this a compliment or like, you know, you don't want to be arrogant, right? Right. Yeah. I know. Same. But, um, but that was the day you became a female comedian. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah, just, a lot of people want to write with me. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like not my fault, guys. Like so many people want to write with me. That's what seems, I mean, I am looking at it from the outside, um, but it does seem insulting because they're mixing 
this like you're cute i think you're beautiful with i also think you're talented and right it's like, yeah but those actually can't be mixed because it seems like one is being like um obsequious like it's like one is one thing is dishonest here right you know right Right. i'm not that hot okay (laughs) (laughs) well if people um people don't know but we are having you on today to talk because you're trans yeah Um, i do this joke on every podcast by the way which is that uh, being trans is great for uh, audio Okay. <laughs> so people are confused. Like, come out as what? Are you gay? Well, yeah, but not in the way that you think. So that is so funny. Well, I I say that um, when people are like, oh, you know, what was it like coming up as a comedian in Orange County? I always say there were like seven girls. Yeah. Um, and then now there's eight. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Robin right. was with us all along. Yeah, I was. Know. Yeah. yeah. I always felt like my my relationship with women. It was always like, I don't know. This is going to sound stereotypical, but. Like it always felt like two girls talking instead of mm. a guy and a girl. Like I, I yeah. remember, like for my whole life, uh, my female friends, like from high school and junior high, would they would say things like, you know, I, I I don't know why, but when I talk to you, it feels different. Like I don't like you romantically, but I like you more than a friend. Mm. But like I don't know why, and also like I connect with you on a deeper emotional level that guys don't have. And so I was like, all this like it makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, I was just emailing my friend Angela. We used to talk all the time, and she used to be like, Hey, don't take this the wrong way, but you're like my female friend, and I'd be like, How dare! you i'm a man yeah. like i just get, <laughs> took that as like it just basically meant like i'll never fuck you like that's yeah. how you take it as a guy of course uh yeah so I, i'm glad i'm glad that um i can be out now it's a lot more comfortable i feel a lot more comfortable like with women and it was really tough even for me for a while like just like so many guys and you know that male energy before open mics when everyone stands in a circle and it's just constant riffing like yeah oh my god do you, can you guys like chill out like i'm yeah. trying to remember my jokes like do yeah. you guys not care about comedy you just like lonely guys who just want to hang out with each other you yeah. know so i always felt in those situations like i was back in the locker room about to get bullied oh my god that's how yeah exactly yeah, yeah right it's so. just so aggressive and it's just so like obviously people are just like trying to swing their comedy dicks around and <laughs> yeah. it's like can you guys clock out for a second like yeah you're not, <laughs> yeah it's so funny because when i got so used to that like that was like my comic brain trained to like come in at that level and like immediately see a guy and be like what's up fucking lose like just, <laughs> yeah i, no, really, I did the same i, did I would the same come thing. out like right. swinging and then it was weird because when i moved to la there's like more like hipster sensitive guys the, yes, and then i'd be like yeah. hi i'm katie what's up you loser and then they would be like what the fuck is wrong with you and i'm like oh that's not how we, we interact we talk here. about our emotions here okay this yeah. is la yeah it was so weird well I'll talk about so uh, you know we're gonna talk about your journey in the we're gonna do our Oprah special. Oh, good. Okay. Um, <laughs> My journey. I want to know like what type of snacks do trans people like? <laughs> like, it's really important. I just want to say like just uh, just right now on the record that everything I say represents all trans people. <laughs> that I am I am the gatekeeper of all things trans. Of every person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I when I I'll talk about when I first met you. You were presenting as male. You were Robert at the yeah, time. Yeah. Right. And um, I think we've talked about before. You were like almost men's rights actor. I was I was so level, close to being like yeah like incel the worst right? of like like or OC dude like fucking bit like you know yeah. and I, but I always really liked you because you were funny and I was even telling Jonathan that at the time like um you were really good because you would make me laugh at stuff that annoyed me right and like that I was pissed that you yes, were saying I remember but you were that, that talented um, oh, Bill Burr you. Bill Burr level yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and. I didn't know anything about your like gender dysphoria. I didn't know about anything like that. Right. Um, I just knew you as a, as a guy who seemed like, you know, or like you would come to me and to ask me about like, girl advice or whatever, you yes. know? Um, and that was all I knew. And then I feel like how many years into comedy did you transition? Uh, three, three, just three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe less than, yeah, less than three. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, I don't know if you went away for a while or like whatever. And then, 
you had like made the announcement kind of right um and that was like I don't know that I wasn't surprised. I, I don't know. I just never thought about it. Yeah. It made me make more sense of like, cause you had also had had like a lot of just emotional turmoil and frustration and like mental issue. I mean, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. A, a ton. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, okay. This makes sense to me. This can make sense of why you were like, so having such a hard time. Yeah. I also like, I couldn't look at anyone in the eyes until I came out. Mm. So it was, um, what, 27, 28 years of just like looking down, looking away. Looking then, at boobs. Yeah, you're looking <laughs> at boobs. Yeah, just looking at girls. I wish I had those, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I remember, yeah, like I was really miserable, men's rights activist and just like, I could never look at people in the eyes because I like felt like, what if they see something about me that they'll figure out, even though I didn't know what that thing was. Yeah. I didn't even really make sense of saying it out loud. Um, but yeah, I do remember that period uh, talking to you a lot about girls. I always ask you about girl advice and, and I ask, ask other people too and they would tell me things like, you know, if you just treat them like people, they'll like you. And I'm like, what? You fucking liar. It's because you're, you're a tall white guy, you know, or whatever. Were you at that time, like when you say men's rights activists, like, I mean, it was in your comedy, but like, were you like on message boards or were you just like, um, no. or was that just kind of your worldview? Kind of. I was like a big Opie and Anthony fan. So it's the same thing as being a men's rights activist. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, My boyfriend is a big men's rights activist. <laughs> yeah. All I hear all day long is old ONA episodes. Old ONA. Old. It is so triggering to me. Like literally, and that was the thing too. Like if I would go to Mike's, you would just hear like ah, on ONA, and I'm like, fucking yeah. shut up. Yeah, yeah. ONA is their drag race. You know? Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> it's exhausting. I, yeah. I got. I mean, some of them, my biggest laughs ever still are some of those shows. But I also think like. Uh, it it did it did like you know it makes you aware of certain things because like you know like you when you hear media it it informs you but you don't realize it and the thing about ONA is that there was always a sense of like everyone is a in the media but we're not we're like cool dudes you know mm-hmm. it's like so you think that they're being objective yeah and it teaches you to like to like women are this and that and like we're the only ones who are brave enough to say what is the truth about women you know yeah. and I felt all this stuff until it was October of 2012 and I remember I was in the car. And I was complaining about a girl and somebody just said something in the car. Like it was my friend Andy was like, aren't you, aren't you just sick of being miserable? It was, it was something like that. And I don't know why, but it just like, yeah, I kind of do want to change. Like, I don't know what to do. And I think someone was like, Oh, read this, you know, self-help book. And it was, you know, feeling, I don't know if you remember, I went through this whole Mm self-help cognitive behavioral therapy phase. So I started writing and I remember the moment it was, there was an empathy exercise. I never heard of empathy before. I knew what, I I knew what sympathy was. I knew what sympathy, but empathy was completely new because I thought empathy is a feeling, right? And they're like, no, empathy is an exercise, Mm -hmm. right? So as a guy, you know, you don't get taught empathy because it's, you know, gay or whatever, right? And so like it was asking me to write uh, an essay from the perspective of somebody I hated about me. And I, I, so I, I wrote it about from my ex's perspective because I hated my ex. And as I'm writing this, I just thought like, wait, what did I have to offer her except for I like you a lot? how dare you not like me? Mm. Like if I were her, I would also not like me. And so like it, like a light switch, you know, it was like flipped in my head and I was like, wow. And I thought about every other girl in my life that I had like been rejected by or whatever. And it was like, well, I didn't, I didn't try to be a better person. I I tried to like use them to make me feel better and girls can sense that. Mm. So why don't I build myself up? And if I do that, maybe girls will like me. So I, I went through like this whole apology tour I like called a bunch of girls from my past like hey look I know I was being a dick but I'm really sorry about that and that was the same month that I asked Kate out 
Oh, wow. And oh. I asked her out and it was like... Kate Gary. Yeah, Kate comic. Gary, my girlfriend. Yeah. And um, I remember like I did that annoying thing that guys do, which is like, hey, you want to go out? I mean, I, I'm just kidding. Unless you're not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that whole fucking thing. You know, I did that for so long. And so when I asked out Kate for real, she was like shocked. And um, I was like, yeah, like not everything has to be a joke. Yeah, I'm serious. Like, you know, you don't have to say yes. But and then she went through like this whole like, oh, I'm going to ruin your life. I'm going to do this and that. And I don't think it's a good idea. And I just like, look, I don't like you as much as you think I do. Just can we <laughs> do you want to yeah. have? Di-? And then that she laughed. And then, yeah, we had a, an amazing first date. And she told me to, like, you know, uh, go out there and explore your options because she didn't want to be like the only one in my life. And I actually did date around for a while, like. And all it took was like a little bit of empathy. That's all it took. Mm. And all of a sudden, like uh, people were interested in me. Yeah. That's so, that's so beautiful. I mean, I know that we joked about this being like an Oprah style special, but that is actually something that's really (laughs) great advice for many, many people, um, especially in our industry and especially like um, people who are affected by toxic masculinity, whether their men or 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 right. women yeah um is to exercise empathy empathy you know? right yeah i always i always try to like whenever i it's so frustrating for me to see like men's rights activists and like um and i i don't want to defend them and i don't defend them but i whenever i try to like just tell people like this is where they're coming from um and i hear like well women go like well we get murdered and i'm like well i know I, it's worse i'm just saying like you have to like know where they're coming from and what they're missing. Right. So we, we should teach them empathy and maybe it'll help some of them. But the second they actually do something, then it's like, well, fuck them. You know, like, you know, like it's one thing to think those things. And I think you can stop it before then. But like the second they like hit a woman for real, then it's like, okay, like what you're thinking does not justify your bad behavior. But I do wish that we can just talk about some of the things that are hard about being a man. Yeah. Uh, One of them, by the way, is that it is way lonelier to be a guy than a girl in my experience. So it's so lonely to be a guy. And again, whenever I bring that up, women will get mad at me and go like, well, yeah, but I'm lonely too. When I'm in a room full of people, I feel lonely. It's like, well, it's different. Okay. Like, I've been lonely by myself and it sucks way worse. Like I've been alone by myself on Thanksgiving, just like in a dark room, just eating a frozen meal. I think that's a lot different than like you're at a party and you don't feel like you fit in, you know? Mm. And I just wish I could talk about this kind of stuff without like a defensive, like we have it worse. Like I know you have it worse. That's it's so interesting. That's what's so unusual about you, I think, or interesting. Um, that you went from just like one eight, like yeah. the most extreme oh, to the most extreme, which is so fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that gives you an incredible amount of perspective on like be- quote, behind enemy lines. Yeah. And I do agree. Like I am a very, um, like approach people with empathy. You do need to understand them even with like white supremacists, all that stuff. Like yeah. it's, it, it doesn't like screaming at people. It doesn't work, you yeah. know? And like, scolding them in it only it reinforces shame and anger and makes them turn more to yes the dark absolutely side. yeah yeah so i, I am i am a very radical compassion person but it is so interesting when like within your own psyche you've gone from one to the other yeah i've experienced basically like all the different ranges of who you can be as a person and like just having to figure out who i am like without just like you know like this kind of pendulum that keeps swinging back and forth and yeah I'm, i think i'm settling into who i am now and i'm just not like I guess since I've experienced all of it, I don't really think about it anymore. Like I don't really think existentially like I used to. Is this more like 
trusting myself to like not do a bad thing or not to think a bad thing and if i do then someone can just tell me and then i can stop yeah you know but i think a lot of it i was just overthinking everything all the time like what made you pull the trigger on i mean very briefly i mean again like we don't have to like oprah it but like what made you realize you were trans oh oh my god did you realize okay um Okay, I'm going to try to make this like this part shorter as as short as possible, but there is a professional wrestler that is like my hero and I would try to make this short, but basically the company was trying to hold him back in real life, like okay. not storyline-wise, and the fans would just reject it. They would just keep cheering him and the more they cheered him, the more the company would bring him down. So they actually they finally bring him back and there's a match I'm bringing my friends over and he gets eliminated like real quick. Mm. And it just the whole the fans just like kind of shut down they boo the rest of the show they can't we want refunds and it broke my heart and i didn't know why for like a week i guess it was I, I wouldn't stop crying and it was like a stupid wrestling match i'm like why do i care so much and then um kate goes like why, why are you so sad and i just said like because they didn't like him because of the way he looked and he wasn't he didn't look the way society wanted him to look who who was this, this guy name is, his name is daniel bryan he's one of my heroes like what does he's, he look like he's a short guy like he's short he doesn't look like he can hurt anybody but he also happens to be like the greatest wrestler in the entire world mm. you know and i i don't know i know this sounds arrogant but i kind of really relate to that like mm-hmm. i don't look like i would be good at what i'm good at and so like that whole feeling of like this guy doesn't belong stayed with me and then i was on um I was on some antidepressants and it like triggered like some euphoria and I was in my car and I listened to like, it was called uh, science versus romance by Ryle O'Kiley. And I just like, I, I, for the first time I just kind of sang it instead of quietly singing it to myself, I just sang it loudly. And that was like the moment, like my whole like life, my life flashed before my eyes. And I just remembered like, yeah, I did wear makeup in pink when I was like four years old, you know, and I did like jewelry a lot. And I know there's, there's more to being a girl than that, of course, you know, but uh, I was like, why did I suppress like 20 years of my life? Like I use a lot of like whenever my female friends would like give me a purse to hold on to, I would like just secretly like really, oh, I can hold your purse for longer. Like there were these weird moments, you uh-huh. know, and as a kid, <laughs> there were like these McDonald's like disney cds for five bucks and i never saw little mermaid but i heard that part of that world or part of your world by you know little mermaid and i knew all the lyrics to it even though i never saw the movie and i listened to it on repeat all day and for some reason it would just really resonate with me but i would hide it from everybody and it was that moment like and you're an only child no my i have a sister oh older Um, younger uh older oh okay yeah um but uh, yeah, it was that moment, and I just pulled over, and I just said it out loud because there was a lot of trans people in the news, mm-hmm. and I just went, "I'm, I think I'm meant to be a woman. Mm. And not, I am a woman. I think I'm meant to be a woman." And yeah, I cried for like half an hour, and I, I was shaking, and it was like the most I ever cried in like in my whole life. And then I, and that was for one half hour. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was just so. I know it was, <laughs> it was just a up. lot of crying. <laughs> um, and then I uh, clocked back into work. It was like in like, the middle of a work day, and well, I was. That's a crazy lunch break. Yeah, <laughs> you realized. And then yeah, and I uh, it was slow at work, and I just like I messaged Kate that I'm a woman. I told her, I told Evan, and then I told Nathan, and uh, these are all comedy friends, and you know, and my girlfriend, and then yeah, I just like I think I'm just gonna put it on Facebook. That's how I deal with everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I posted it, like uh, I got a lot more support than I thought I would. Um, I also got unfriended by like 10 people. And I want to talk about this. You unfriended me. I did. Why? I I unfriended. This is a very special episode. I unfriended a lot of people. Why? I I also blocked a lot. How could you do that to me? (laughs) Right. I, no, I, um, I was a big 
jerk online until maybe about five months ago, actually. So like, um, <laughs> that's when you refriended me. I'm, I'm still did, a yeah. proponent of blocking people. I'm the biggest blocker. Blocking, yeah. yeah. But why? Why did you? Why did you betray me? I don't Just remember. <laughs> I, 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 I have to be a- honest. I actually I didn't notice until you told me. Person, you go. You know, I unfriended you. Right? <laughs> yeah, I went through this, and that's I- how I was like, "You are a bitch." At heart. <laughs> I, I, I unfriended so many people during that period because I would just think about like. I bet you this person hates me because of this. Like, you know, you kind of create a scenario in your head. Yeah, I think you told me that exist. you felt like I wasn't a support or that something, but I was like... I, I remember when I first came out, I was hypersensitive to, like, transphobia. Like, and I was looking for it at places that it wasn't really there. Well, my act was very transphobic at the time. It That's is, yeah. You're, you're, you're like, you're not a real woman unless... I said no. <laughs> I, have the, I have a body of a real woman. Was one of the cases. <laughs> that was my iconic bit. <laughs> yeah. Was I, got body. I got the body. I got Um... No, but uh, tail and horns. Tail and horns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. So when I first came out, uh, I don't, you know, I don't tell people this part very often, but I like for two days, I was really like, you know, the gender euphoria and all that stuff, and then I started like going, okay, what if this is a fluke, right? Like, what if I, you know, kind of like I just came out in front of everyone and like. And then uh, Kate would be like, come on, let's go shopping this weekend. I would put it off for like three weeks. And I was like, you know what? It's a phase. I'm just going to like not go on Facebook for a while. And just uh, hopefully everyone forgot, mm. you know? And then so like, they're like, no, let's go clothes shopping. So three weeks later, she and my friend Jared took us to uh, Westminster Mall uh, in Garden Grove. Um, and um, I was like, God, this is so embarrassing. You know, like I'm not, I don't have any makeup on. I'm just like, I, I'm a guy basically still. And they were trying to pick out outfits for me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I like this one. Let me just try this on. It was a pink top and, like, striped skirt. And I put it on. I'm like, I hope I hate this. You know, if I hate oh, this, then, that's like, not real. then it's not real. Then I can just tell people, hey, I'm sorry. I support trans people, but I'm not one. And I put it on. And it was, like, the first time I ever smiled in my entire life. <laughs> and I remember I put it on. And I remember when I, as I'm smiling in the mirror, I'm just, like, thinking at the same time, like, well, my life is over. This oh. is never going to be easy again. And I remember... Wow that feeling of like personal joy and also like this fear of uh like systemic transphobia you sure. know so um that was really hard because like you know it was hard uh during that period it, things have changed now i'm not really dressed up anymore but i'm just my mindset at the time was like i'm so i'm so happy when i'm dressed up like a woman that i don't know if i can like not do that every day at work anymore mm. and that that's when i became the first trans person to come out at my workplace and that was a whole ordeal and i got a lot of transphobia there and i just walked out of work one day that's the, i've never had a job since then it was traumatizing mm. um but yeah. yeah i was i remember a lot of like i fucking hope that this is not real yeah what, did, what were you doing at the time work-wise uh, i was like just doing like glorified data entry I like broke the record for like how quickly I processed documents there. Like this is easy for me. I type really fast. And so like there was no reason for them to like want to get rid of me. Yeah. So it was kind of weird that all of a sudden like, oh, if you, you know, you've been missing a lot of days. If you miss one more day, you'll, you were going to fire you. And okay, that's weird. And just like people would sl- like slam doors in my face. And like mm. one, I remember one guy, the thing that hurt the most was like some people were outwardly mean, but there was one guy in particular that, we talked every day. We joke around. I don't know his name. You know, like coworker. Some of you don't know their names, and he just completely ghosted me. Like, as in, he would just act like I wasn't there as a person. Like that hurt the most. Like, yeah, it hurt more than people being mean to me. Is this guy acting like I'm not even in the same room as he was? Wow. And that was that was really hard. The workplace discrimination, I think, is something that I mean, people talk about it, but I actually don't think it gets talked about enough. My my dad um, talks about a very almost exactly to the T thing that happened to 
a friend of his at the city of Pasadena. Oh, really? Wow. And they worked in city government. My dad's been retired since 09, but this was back in like the early to mid 2000s. And it was uh, this trans woman who came out as a trans woman, had a family, and of course started to come presenting as a as a woman. And that just like caused so much yeah. turmoil. Mm-hmm. And so he uh, she wasn't allowed to so she had to present as a he right there and um it was very painful and and eventually um she left and my dad would see her around pasadena you know uh truly presenting as her true self right and uh she would tell him about co-workers um that he that that she would see around the city even after would just the the stuff that they would say especially now that they were free from being like oh, at work right right was absolutely awful and horrible and yeah. i mean i don't really know what happened to her but i hope she found happiness and peace but hearing that was just kind of like oh my god yeah. like you can't even go to your job dress the way you want right. to dress it was it was tough like i like looking back i can't believe like I can't believe I did it. Like it was so such a bold move. I'm trying not to say brave. I hate that, but uh, um, but it was. No, it really no, is. I, I, I know. I, I know. Can't I know. I yeah. mean, honestly, when I really think about it, like that has to be the bravest thing because I think it's two reasons. It's like some people like when I go out in public, I, I don't. I don't want. You don't want. Nobody wants to cause a draw attention to themselves. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, some people like to. They're like you know, they like to peacock or whatever. Right. right. But like. The minute you walk, or you know, same with like being a black person, the minute you walk into the store, all eyes are on you. Like that yeah. must be a very. It was um, weird from going to being like an invisible guy to right. all of a sudden everyone is looking at me. Yeah, and the I, person in the room that everyone's looking at. Yeah, it like, and oh my god, one guy just like didn't even hide it. He would just like look at me like with this shocked look in his face, and I remember he was doing that. And then one of the coworkers like was like, "Hey, because he missed the day I came out. Mm-hmm. He came back like the next day, and so like." He was like, oh, like, and then like, someone had to like wave him around, and go like, "Hey, you can't do that here." Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, you can't just like look at someone like that here. Um, it was like the treatment at work was so bad that I went to HR, and HR like really liked me, you know, at that point because I think there weren't very many trans women. I think I was the first trans woman they'd ever seen, and I think they took it as like a compliment, like, "Oh, you wow, you like women so much that you are one," you know. Like I, mm. I think that was kind of what she was thinking. And so she told me she kept trying to help, but like people above her told her not to help me. And she like, she quit the job over it. <gasps> she did. Like she was like, I'm done. Like, yeah, I didn't realize that she quit until Whoa. like wow. a month later. Like I asked somebody like, do you have her information? Cause I'm writing this article and I texted her and she was like, yeah, after that happened, I just like left. I don't do HR anymore. She like, lo- like she like did something else with her life. Whoa. Yeah. Like wow. it was crazy. Like that whole period. I haven't. I've never talked about this stuff. I think I suppressed a lot of this. Um, one t- one day, the um, one of the execs of the whole company, like really, really high up, this woman comes to my cubicle, and she's like, "Hey, can I talk to you?" And I'm like, "All right, well, this is it. I'm gonna get fired because like mm-hmm. everyone's been treating me like shit." People like come by my cubicle usually, and they would just stare at me for a while, mm. and I would look up, and they would stare at me for like ten seconds, and then they would walk away. Happened all the time, every day. It happened like so many times. Uh, and she asked, like, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah. And she was like, hey, I'm one of the execs. And I just want to say, like, thank you so much for what you're doing. And she, like, whispers, like, this is a really fucking sexist company. And hopefully you being around you like 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 this, like, will make it less sexist. Mm. I was like, oh, okay. And she, like, starts crying. She goes, can I hug you? I'm like, yeah, of course. And she hugged me and she, like, left. And then I, like, I would say that since the company was, like, 80% men, I got, I got a lot of hatred. But, like, 
almost every woman there like treated me like better than I've ever been treated in my life. Wow. There just weren't very many of them, except for one woman who I there was a bath I, I was really afraid to use the women's bathroom i didn't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable so i'd go to the bathroom like down the hall that no one went to like i'd go out of my way to be out of everyone's way but this is the same bathroom that one of the other women used and so one day she, i'm in the bathroom washing my hands she comes in she sees me she makes a sound she kind of like slams the door like i'm like oh shit i pissed her off you know and then she goes to hr and um she goes i'm really uncomfortable using the women's restroom with that guy in a dress, you know, and then uh, they goes, oh, well, that's the, well, you can use the bathroom downstairs then. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> they they told her, yeah. And she hated me for it. They took my side, you know, like, like, yeah, almost every woman there was on my, it was on my side. And I just like, man, I fucking love women, you know, like. You finally love women. <laughs> no, I, yeah, like no, after no, no, being I, an MRA, I, I like, know. yeah, but it's just. When you, like, what was it like the first time you went out in public wearing what you wanted to wear? Oh, it was terrifying. Um, was it th- any part of it exhilarating? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, at the same time, like, it, you know, it felt like I was, um, it was like a roller coaster of emotions. Like, it was like, a, it, everything was very heightened. Mm-hmm. You know, the fear was heightened. The euphoria was heightened. You're just very aware of everything. It was just very, like a rush, you know. And I, But I remember uh, one of the first times I, I was dressed in public was in Las Vegas, actually. Oh, perfect. And, I mean, yeah, right. In my mind, I just want to think that you were in like a rhinestone crop top halter. It was, it was a gold. In the tackiest yeah. cocktail wear, which is my dream. Yeah. It was a gold sweater, like glittery and stuff. Were you there for stand-up? Oh, no, no, no. I was just there for like, it was like a business. I think it was Kate's company or something like that. But I remember I went into a store and there were like little kids in the store and they were looking at me and talking to their mom and I felt like the deepest sense of shame mm-hmm. and I was like oh because I'm I'm so I'm so selfish that I when I dress like this that I've like corrupted the minds of children like I felt like I was like there was a lot of internalized transphobia like I'm such a freak and like mm-hmm. is, it's selfish of me to look like this in front of children because like what if they like go ew gross and like, I've creeped out children you know I'm a mm-hmm. am I a am I a bad person because of this? And then um, my therapist was like, well, maybe one of them will come out as trans one day and they saw you and you know, yeah. it would help them. But I used to remember a lot of like a lot of shame and a lot of fear for a really long time. And uh, it was actually like doing stand up dressed up that really made it easier. When was the first time you did stand up dressed up? Um, I, th- I was doing like this, um, this college like this kind of college show that was a really small show in front of like eight or nine people. And then the second time I did it was like at the, at the Bray improv. You mean dressed? You were yeah. Dressed? Dressed up oh, okay. at the Bray improv. Wait, and was that college show at the university of Laverne? No, no, it was oh, a very okay. small, like really small show. Okay. It, it's not, it doesn't exist anymore, but I remember I, so the Bray improv was like my home club. I'd done comedy there so many times. It's like the, the club I kill at the most, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, but I came out and the, crowd completely shut down none of my jokes worked i bombed at the bray improv i'd never bombed at the bray improv before and were you I was doing like, trans material at the time yes okay i was yeah i was doing trans material and uh, i bombed and i was like humiliated afterwards and i just like i didn't uh do comedy there for a long time until like actually like last month i didn't do comedy there for like six like five years after wow. that Wow. Um, but um because it was just like oh my god my home club hates me you know yeah but then i started doing more shows i when i actually it was roast battle mm. that was like i'm comfortable being me now yeah because like why not just like go into the belly of the beast and like just have every insult thrown at you yeah. at once but it's done with lo- like love 
and I just all that tension just kind of like left. And then now, when I'm dressed up, I don't even really think about it anymore. Yeah, that's how I became introduced to you is through roast battle. So right. I always knew you as Robin. Right. Like I never because yeah. I'm not from the OC scene. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so and you started roast battle well before me, and so you were already like killing it in the roast battle. Yeah, I I always loved roasting and everything. But I on, yeah. honestly, I do have to say it is people like you and 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 people like Joe, yeah, other queer people doing it right. in such a straight masculine place that yeah. made me feel like, oh, I could do it. Yeah, and then I did. 12 roast battles yeah no i you know i i don't want to make this a whole like roast battle podcast but right the reason why roasting like to me like people kind of look at me like especially a lot of trans people when i first started was like do you hate yourself or like or do you really want to do this to our community mm. and i remember thinking like am i am i fucking this up for the whole community like what am i but then the, i don't there was a there was something inside of me that said like I think this is progressive, but I'm not really sure why yet. If you just kind of, and I was like, just follow your instincts. You know comedy well. For some reason, I feel like if I do this, it'll help be helpful for trans people overall. I've never told anyone this part, you know, because I don't want to be like, I'm helping out the community. I kind of don't like, you know, to be that person. But why can't a trans person be verbally dominating to a white guy right and call him a piece of shit white guy like and people cheer like they see a lot of trans people focus on like what, what are they going to say about you right but not what you get to but say what, about what that. do i got to say about them and also that i'm laughing off their jokes yeah they're not even offending me and so that, that image of like a powerful like trans person dominating i thought in my head was like that's a very powerful image for trans people and um yeah, after after I did it for a while, other trans people started battling. Like at first, they didn't want to do it either, but they're like, "Wow, there's a lot of fun there, and there's a lot of love, and there are no like Twitter hate mail jokes." You know, like that's mm-hmm. the thing about roast battle. Like no one's being like, "Hey, dude, kill yourself," and everyone's like, "Oh, like, that's not, and that that's stuff not what, that stuff doesn't work. It or, does not work in that room." The biggest example of that where I witnessed it was when some comic i forgot who it was it was not a good battle because it was lopsided right was battling leah k janian right and just made a non-joke just a straight up insult about leah's dead dad like oh, i'm glad God. your fucking dad died and it just kind of was silent and then someone from the audience was like dude leaves leah's dad out of this and they said that <laughs> where it was like <laughs> yeah and then one of the judges was like yeah that you you kind of need to like put that in a joke form if you're like you can make a dead dad joke if you yeah. want right right but it right. does but need it, to be in a, it needs crafted. To be a funny crafted yeah yeah um yeah so i don't know where i was going with that no i would think i was gonna say i actually think roast battle is like the most powerful because you are going into this like incinerator but it's the only place that you are empowered encouraged and celebrated for clapping back which yes. is what trans people in public don't ever get to do right they have to yeah just, like, take it and walk on they don't get to have actually a like bloodthirsty crowd on your side yeah you know? and you yeah. know i just don't like this idea in general about like um we have to be like oh my god trans people we have to be perfect uh, for people to accept trans people mm-hmm. why why can't i be like kind of a piece of shit sometimes like what if i'm a piece of shit trans people don't deserve rights anymore like what kind of fucking mentality is that you know like um, uh, I, I like to show people that I'm a flawed, full person because I think that's more relatable to people. And so, like, yeah, I, I think, like, um, uh, you know, when you express your insecurities and all your flaws and all your fucked up thoughts and everything, that's when people really gravitate towards you, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it was actually um, someone gave me some advice and he he called, he, he like, 
summed up everything I was doing with very few words. I'm like, wow, you're the only one that gets it. He goes, uh, yeah, so like throw trans people under the bus in your short term so that you can have them like long term happiness for them. Like that's <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly what I'm doing. Like, yeah, like that's, you know, like um, I guess I don't really like to talk about how much the trans community means to me because I think there's a lot of the narratives that I don't really like very much. I think I think we take ourselves like way too fucking seriously. Well, that's what's so, I think that's something very interesting or like refreshing about you is that you are kind of at odds sometimes with them. Yes, or like I feel lot. like probably, I would imagine like the Twitter the Twitter community like comes for you for, with their hive mind to be like, how could you say that? You yeah, know? I have, but you are yeah. a very like independent person and it, you are also just very funny. And Thanks. it's like, also there's this weird identity thing. Like I feel like for all of us in identity politics where it's like your identity as a comedian versus your gay identity versus your yeah. Asian identity versus your female identity. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you're, you are this weird, like we're all in this weird tribe together, no matter how you identify as yeah. a comedian. Right. It's not an excuse to be like shitty, but it is funny because you are like, pushing those yeah you are funny because you make everyone laugh and you also alienate everybody yeah i do <laughs> okay like to push buttons. I, I i love pushing <laughs> buttons and I, I got two things to say about that like first of all the reason why i don't like a lot of comedians in general is i think it's okay to make points you know i i, I like comedy that makes a point you know but i like i believe in like a show not tell mm-hmm. kind of comedy yeah, and also that's a great point. also i am a comedian before i'm trans and i think people have that reversed a lot like i'm watching someone i'm like okay i agree with what you're saying it's not quite funny right so i don't know like i can you make a joke like are you flawed like do you have any fucked up thought? Yeah. like why are you a perfect person and why is every joke i hear about like well i was accosted at the airport i'm like okay it sucks but like make it funny <laughs> or, yeah. or so, like, like preaching versus like pre- yeah 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 and I, you know what i hear a lot from specifically like gay comics who are like gay woke first is yeah. like they get on stage and are immediately using like woke internet language which is cool for a think piece about some hate crime that happened or whatever that's awful okay that's fine but for if if you're using stuff that's kind of like um academic or patriarchy intersectionality those things right up top unless you're going somewhere where it's like funny it already feels like a lecture yeah and it's like no the most powerful thing you could do is to be funny i mean like my favorite comic Someone who you open for, my favorite comic ever is Margaret Cho. Oh, and yeah. she was yeah. always funny and would make the best points about yes. whatever she was talking it's about. True. Yeah. I love you know? Margaret. Yeah. Yeah, no, I you know, I actually um thought about what you said recently about language and everything. Mm-hmm. And I I do, you know, like it's like I wish people would like listen to my whole point because like the first half is gonna sound like a right wing perspective, but it's like no, it's actually if you keep listening, I think people who do that, what you're talking about, when they go on stage with like the patriarchy and this and that, and you know, or a trans person goes turfs and this and that, they claim to want inclusive language, but it's like you do not want inclusive language because if you want inclusive language, you would include people who are dumb or people who don't have the internet, mm-hmm. right? Right. And I'm not saying dumb in a derogatory way. There are dumb people who do not get it. Right. And d- just because you're dumb does not mean you're a bad person. There are dumb people who are very sweet and they just don't get it. And so when you are doing those terms, like this turf was doing this and that to me and a dumb person might look at that and go, oh, what's a turf? And you like treat them like a Trump supporter? Because like, they don't know. Oh my yeah. God. So like, okay, so I guess ableism is okay if you're woke. Like what the what yeah. the fuck are we doing? Like dude, are dumb people not allowed to laugh at things? Like, so I think it's like a laziness thing actually. Like as a comedian, if you don't make your like, you can make complex concepts accessible for everyone. 
that's it takes a lot of work but if you really care but about inclusive language right. yeah it takes a lot of work for me to do a joke where i'm like okay what is this concept i'm doing it's kind of a uh, a more like you know sophisticated concept i'm doing and how do i do that with like very plain language where uh, a smart person and a person who's not as smart they can laugh at that joke for different reasons right yes and it takes it takes so much work but it's like for me it's worth it because I think it's very elitist for a lot of woke people to like think that every dumb person is like not worth making laugh. Like I'm going to just do clever material for me and my friends and, and then claim that, you know, they're being inclusive when they're not. Right. Or like right. complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. Sure. And this may sound like a, a vapid question, but like when you, um, dress up that first time at the mall, which um, in my mind is like a romantic comedy montage. <laughs> like you're like trying to find the right of it. Yeah. How do you, um, like how do you find your style as a, as a woman? Oh my God. You know and what? And also like, by the way, I didn't know you were blonde as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it, no. It's vapid, but it's like, it is kind of um, it's weird. interesting to me. I, um, it's weird. You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess like, I guess it was so much, what, like repression for like what, 20 years or so. And I just like looked at things and I just went, I'd like to wear that. I think I'd look good in that. I, I can't really explain it. It's just like, I don't know if my sense of style was good. You know, I just, first of all, I don't like looking like everyone else anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I just, the more outlandish, the better. Um, and so I kind of just went with like, fuck what everyone thinks. I, what do I like? Yeah. And I just kind of trusted my instincts. And it's I just I, very interesting to me because when I think about, and Jonathan, maybe you too, like we are both um, <laughs> cis, you know, and like, Oh, sis. Oh, sis. Yeah. sis. Um, no, but I like, especially when all this, this kind of discussion just came into the zeitgeist about trans and like what you feel in your body and like if you feel like a man or a woman, you right. know, and what, right. like how much femininity or whatever. Cause I'm like masculine girly, I think. Yeah. Like I never would wear a dress on stage I, or right. heels yeah. or a skirt. It would make me feel entirely like vulnerable and exposed and stuff but then yeah. there's like female comedians who now are like allowed to wear crop tops you know right right um, yeah i feel very similar um i mean i'm not comparing myself to uh, like trans people in terms of this but i still to this day feel like i'm not dressing the way that i want to dress and that would make me feel good because i'm afraid for comedy that it would take away from my act and and because most places i perform are straight spaces I feel like they would immediately write me off as like, oh, he's the gay guy wearing like a share shirt with like a leopard thing over (laughs) it, which I have those clothes. And my boyfriend has a lot of those clothes. A lot of them are actually his because he wears just what he wants to wear. And he's actually encouraged me to be like, why don't we just like go to a thrift store and get you stuff that you actually want to wear instead of you getting like another Massimo shirt from Target to just look like all these other like open micro dudes like why don't you start dressing the way that you dress when you go out and have fun at like yes, a gay bar right. I love that's so interesting you know what I mean I mean I relate I mean I was always dressing down in hoodies like mask defeminizing right, myself right like, right right even I feel like I'm in I'm a weird older generation of female comedian where like all the young ones are in like thigh highs and crop tops and like glittery bras <laughs> yeah. yeah and I'm like we're supposed to look like men don't you know <laughs> <laughs> right 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 and, and I yeah. kind of want to wear I mean how many pictures of makeup do I send you of me with yeah. a full face of makeup on yeah. And I have so much makeup and it is therapy for me to sit and watch TV and do my makeup. I really, really love it. Right, right. And part of me is like, I could never do stand up with makeup on. Never. But cut to me like on my birthday, we went out to Akbar and had like full highlighter on and body lava. And it's just like, I don't know how to get over 
dressing and and, and wearing what I want because it, it's like, oh, I'm already gay enough because of my material and the, what I talk about yeah, on stage. Like too much now I'm going to be too much. Like, you, what is too much? I, you, you know, know, I don't know if there's like a. This is how I feel about most things in life, not just this, but like, um, I don't think it's like what you do or what you wear. It's just like about like, do you trust yourself to do? It's about trusting yourself, right? right. It's like it, it doesn't matter what you wear, really. Um, it's about how you feel about what you're wearing and like how much you're second guessing yourself and all that stuff. I don't think about what I'm wearing anymore. I just don't give a fuck. Like I won't do so, like if they tell me not to wear like specific colors for TV or whatever. Okay, right. then I'll just wear yeah. dark colors or whatever. But I just like I remember um, when I first came out, I felt like I was in this box my whole life, and then. I was like, okay, now I'm out of this box, right? Like, I'm trans now. And the first day that I came out, a bunch of trans people were like, this is how you're trans. Like, this is how you be trans. Like, well, you just didn't put me in another fucking box? Like, dude, I just got out of one. Like, What were gonna, some right. of those guidelines? It was like, well, first of all, this is like what you, like... Um, what are you supposed to do? Oh, my God. There was, well, a lot of it was like what you're supposed to be offended by. Oh, so this is going yeah. to piss some people off, but it was like... Um, if, if you get misgendered as an act of violence, you know, shit like that. I was like, well, that sounds a bit extreme, but, um, but just like things like that, it was like, this is what you're supposed to wear. This is how you're supposed to do. And this is how you're supposed to act. And I guess it was like just tripping up on like, wait, am I too feminine? Do I look, should I, should I wear more makeup? Mm -hmm. You know, is my hair too short? Am I, am I messing up trans people for like, just kind of like how you're overthinking everything. Mm -hmm. And after a while it was like, who gives a fuck? Just be unique and be funny. Like it's just, we're over, we overthink everything. Everything is like some existential, what does it all mean? Right. Who am I? What it was? But like, if you really break down like what things are or what comedy is, it's just like, what do I feel like doing? And right. I think like, if you don't trust yourself and you don't know what you want, you're always going to be a little lost. Yeah. So it's more like fixing those two things fixes a lot, I think. I that's, think that's good advice. Yeah. Because I feel like I do, I'll put on an outfit and then be like, no, take it down, plainer, plainer, oh, wait. plainer. Well, and it's I like, didn't know that about you. Yeah, well, because you're not there when I'm getting dressed. I know, yeah. but I didn't know. It's so interesting because plainer, plainer, and it's like, why don't you just go out in the first thing that comes to mind? That's exactly, dude. That's what yeah. I right. look at. What I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Mario shirt yeah. and, sh and basketball shorts. Like, <laughs> I just literally could not give less of a fuck yeah. anymore. Yeah, but that is so. I'm so fascinated by that for you, Jonathan, especially because like this is a risk. I'm wearing a pink hoodie, right? <laughs> but what's so funny is that on our way over here, we were talking about how one of your frustrations is that sometimes you're not perceived as gay which is crazy to which, me from stand up and like what i can see like on the street but like some casting director thought we were together and was like oh we loved your web series and it's like oh you didn't watch our web my series did you? <laughs> oh my god and i was like in what world honey we both have problems <laughs> but um <laughs> no but i that's so funny because too that you're like if i wear like a leopard shirt they're gonna think i'm gay and i'm like but you're your act could not get any more gay so i say wear it and in fact i think it would actually help because they would already immediately know your persona. And so it wouldn't be like shocking if you said right. it would actually help you like lead with that. And I think that I actually think it would help you a lot. And you do look just super cute in a lot of the clothes I like, think when we go out. It's funny. You, you when know we it, both go out to the gay club. Yeah. Literally, I am like totally different. I look like we both look like we went over makeover machines. Yes. <laughs> or you can dip into lesbian and you I, get yeah. the lesbians that riled is the up. Problem. Yes. Oh yeah. She'll just get approached. <laughs> well, it's funny. Yeah. In stand up, I can wear a tank top and a leather jacket and they're like, okay, she's like a, a chick. And then at the gay club, they're like, Hey, is your friend available? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think you should go for it. Yeah. I think I just need to get over it. I so. want to be more, but I have had people say to me straight up, like, do like I will have like a rough set and this is the thing like I don't want to be conceited like, I don't know what's in my head but I've seriously my boyfriend has been like you look too pretty 
oh wow okay um and be like, that's why they didn't like you and i'm like what the fuck like yeah but it is like i was wearing like i used to have these boots that were more like kind of st- almost like a stiletto heel yeah and even like even my boyfriend would be like you're gonna wear those on stage and i you know of course i'm like don't tell me what to do and like you know and then it's like i fucking bombed and people are staring at me like but yeah. I, I, I but i also go i i think that might be an issue but i can't you know like, what is, i don't know if this is true and this is going to sound very generalized and everything but i have i think that the problem that we have is maybe some of those things might have a grain of truth into them maybe you look too pretty you shouldn't wear these shoes but i think the problem is that we think there is a kind of a should objective thing that we're supposed to do right when in reality all all anyone really cares about is this is like a life hack you're honest with yourself you're in you know you show your vulnerability and if you're honest and vulnerable and you're not hurting anyone people are going to think that what you're doing is pretty cool. Like no matter what you're fucking doing. That's so interesting. Cause then the other thing that I've been told before is that they're like, people will think that you think like if you're wearing those shoes, they think that you think you're hot. Well, like it, that's your vibe, sure. but it, it is funny because then I go, but that's interesting. Cause I'm like, why I'm couldn't not, you? That I'm, I could be, but I'm also like, but I also don't feel comfortable in those clothes on stage. Yeah. And so I, there isn't, there a is bit of uncomfortability so or maybe so a desperation yes. or something that maybe yeah. that is what reads or but this is I'm just I'm telling from personal experience I remember specific shows where I went on stage and I was feeling insecure for some reason where I'm like this crowd's gonna fucking hate me right yeah. right off the bat so all of a sudden I'm I'm on stage and I'm kind of bombing and I'm like it's probably because of what I was wearing and then you listen back to the set and it's like I started off fucking aggressive right because I just like it was not what I looked like or what I was wearing. Maybe that had a little to do with it, but it was more like you're giving off a fucking really aggressive vibe. Like, are you okay? Like, yeah. you know, like, so I don't know how much of that stuff is true. Like, I don't know how much people really care about that stuff. Yeah. And also right. it's like, how does it sync with your person? Like Natasha Leggero, she always dresses like she's going to like a, 1960s house part like she's right. like the most glamorous in a yeah. fur coat what are you a trans woman at a supermarket yeah <laughs> in pearls Sorry. and a fur yeah you're going to bonds and a debutante ball like, but it but it's her persona it like but it's very authentic to her it doesn't yeah. feel like she's putting on a co- it's like she wears that stuff to the grocery store I, she really does I have been wearing the same outfit for five years on stage it's a purple dress and a jacket the same I wore for my hour for Comedy Central I just don't like I don't know I, all that stuff used to mean so much to me you know and now it's like I don't know. I'm sorry. This might be changing the subject a little bit, but like, this is kind of a bit of mine that I've been doing about uh, how I feel like I went through all the stages of womanhood at like a fast rate. Like, so like when I was first came out, I was like baby trans, like oh, I want to wear pink and glitter or whatever. And then like the second year I was, I went through that college phase where I'm going to put up thirst traps. And then when guys say, <laughs> when guys say they want to fuck me, I'll like take a screenshot and be like, this guy's a pervert. Right. And then so guys, so now guys can go into my inbox and be like, is that guy being mean to you? And I can be like, oh my God, people, can you believe I got dick pics? You know, I went through that whole phase. And then after like the third year, I was like, it's like, I feel like an old woman now. I'm just like, oh my God, makeup is oppressive. Like this. <laughs> Like now I just don't wear it at all anymore. Like I just like I'm over it. And the the, the line I do on stage is I go like, that's how I knew I was a real woman because you're not a real woman until you don't want to be a fucking woman anymore. Right? Yeah, that's, kinda, that's a great that's, line. That's, like, that's how I feel now about the transness thing. Like it was almost like I got it out of my system. And I know that sounds fucked up, but like, um, just the excessive femininity yeah like the, yeah yeah i think or like i'm a girl i needed to do that you yeah. know and i every now and then I, I am in the mood like if there's like a big like i you know went to um the magic castle mm-hmm. which you have to dress up i'm like oh my god an excuse to wear this black dress i like but i just i'm fucking tired you know of mm-hmm. all that stuff so yeah it is really interesting though you saying that you want to dress like an old woman though because i think it coincidentally aligns with like current 
hip fashion, which is, is like now, like we talk about yeah. it, like all the women now, it's like, and down are and just kind of like, like ugly, ugly, ugly sack, like yeah. knitted ugly sack sweater. Yeah. Like Chunky. knitted. And even the, even like very like hip men now, it's like getting into this, which is kind of cool in a statement way, but like it's getting into this like genderless androgyny fashion yes, that's like I really permeating yeah. like Norm hipster core. culture yeah oh yeah before i forget so like the thing i talk about authenticity is i'm realizing this now like with i used to overthink when someone would ask me a question and i would think what is the right response that i'm going to give as a trans person to help the community or whatever right mm. so someone asked me the other day a really good question i've never been asked this before and it was like when you consider yourself a woman do you consider do you want to be referred to as just a woman or do you want to be referred to as a trans woman? Mm. And I realize that, like, I kind of like that I don't really pass. Like, I know that's weird. Like, I kind of like that I look I look trans, right? I have a five o'clock shadow no matter how much foundation I wear. I used to hide this part. Like, I want to fit. But, like, what am I really doing when I do that, right? Is that I'm trying to fit the mold of what people think I should look like. And one of the reasons I like being trans is because it's, like, almost, like, rebellious, like, fuck society i'm gonna do whatever i want and how can i be like fuck society if i'm like i'm gonna blend in with everyone like Mm -hmm. i like that i stand out Mm -hmm. i look like an odd woman you know Mm -hmm. who cares who fucking cares right like being unique is is good especially when you get older people like unique more like i did this like when i was like in high school people like what the fuck but now i'm like in my 30s people get bored like let me talk to like a weird person right so i think let me talk to a weird yeah i'm a i'm a weird looking person like it's fucking fine you know so yeah just like be authentic to yourself and um do you ever feel um do you ever have interactions with trans women who do pass for cis do are they uncomfortable with people who don't does that not matter what are the dynamics there? i think i mean there are a, like there's a lot of infighting within the trans community i feel like a lot of it is just like white trans women just arguing with each other about this academia shit mm-hmm. i don't really fucking care about like like they, they're using terms that i don't have the time to look up mm-hmm. like apparently some like there is a like there are like trans women who are like bioessentialist or some shit like that think that you're not a real woman unless you look like a woman. Um, and it's just like, or like there's true, there's something called true scum. I don't even know what that is. I think it's the same similar to that. And it, for me, I'm like, why do you guys have so much free time on your hands? Yeah. Like, do you guys not live your lives? Like yeah. right. you're just going to be on the internet and argue about terms. Like, and I didn't re- I, I was like, it's just the white ones that bother me. You know, like, I don't like, I'm sorry, but I don't. It goes for all genders. I, look, <laughs> I have a lot of white trans woman friends or whatever, so I don't mean this personally, but I mean, like, as a group of people, like, I'm sick of them telling me how I'm supposed to fucking act and think and what to be offended by. Like, why is it that just because just because you're trans doesn't mean you're not white, you know, like, I'm sorry, but it's easier to be a white trans woman than an Asian one or a, especially like a black trans woman, right? right? Like, they're not telling me what to do. Why are yeah. you telling me what to do all right. the fucking time? So I do run into some of that, like, um, just this over-policing of what we're allowed to laugh at and not laugh at and joke like about. Present. Yeah. Um, okay, this is, like, not even a trans person that did this, but I would say, like, just a lot of progressives in general. Like, mm-hmm. they like to police what we're allowed to laugh at within our own community. And I did one of those memes, you know, like, those epic handshake memes mm-hmm. where, like, there's, like, the thing in the middle is, like, there's a quote and then there's two hands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I wrote one that kind of like, I was like, this might piss off some people. And I wrote, um, um, you know, it's not real, right? It's the quote. And the yeah. left hand was saying what wrestling fans hear all the time. And the right one was um, post-op trans woman on a first date. 
You know, oh, you know yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. real, no, right? I think I actually saw that. I yeah, saw and then that. So, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I was like, oh, man, I'll take this down if it offends people. I think it's so funny that I don't care. And then people who were trans liked it. And they were like, dude, that's so funny. That's fucked up. But it's kind of true or whatever. And then some person, just like a white person, just comes in and goes like, there's like a down, down, dumbs yeah. down. And I'm like, what's your objection? You're like, are you saying that? trans women's bodies aren't real and, and it's like do you know what a joke is and also no i'm not saying that and then was they, this person even trans i don't think so but like yeah. it's the example of just a white person telling me what to do and then i think a black trans woman told them to like basically shut the fuck up it's like they took yeah. the comment down like i just i don't just over policing just from white people in general but especially because i deal with white trans women a lot yeah i feel like policed by them too much well you know it's so funny so yeah. i literally i saw that meme i yeah. thought it was funny right. i went to like it and then i didn't and i was like i wanted to, first i wanted to comment and leave like a laughing crying face right. emojis and then i was like no because people are gonna think that you think people are gonna say you're transphobic right for laughing at this right. joke and leaving that yeah and then i was like should i le- laugh and then go Oh, Robin, my dear old friend who I totally understand. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then I was like, should I like it? I was like, is that going to get screwed? Like, I literally, and I didn't, I didn't respond to your meme because I didn't want to get canceled. Right, yeah. I just don't. <laughs> and that's like dumb, but it's, but it's true. I, I was know, like, I, I, I know. don't know what to, like, I, I literally was like, at a, I was like, I don't know what to do. I think this is, this is like deeper than trans, but I do think white people like over police jokes like way too much. Yeah. I don't even mean, I, by the way, I don't mean that from a right wing perspective of like everyone's yeah. a pussy nowadays, but it's like, there is a difference between like uh, saying you shouldn't say that, um, like, or no, I mean, I would say like right wingers would say things like joke about anything you want because don't you're a pussy, right? Yeah. But I would say from a left wing perspective is like, well, why am I not allowed to have this as a coping mechanism for trauma? Like, are you going to take away my coping mechanism trauma because it doesn't fit some idealistic white academia SJW term that you learned? Like, this is how we cope. Yeah. Yeah. With a group of people. You're telling a group of trans women what we're allowed to laugh at. Like, yeah. are you telling me that's not oppressive? Because it didn't go into your fucking rule book of what is offensive nowadays. Like, we're not allowed to be people who laugh at fucked up things. That's it's, what I think. It's, okay. it's also because, like, white people, no matter what, whether they're straight or not, um, do, because they're the dominant culture always, they yeah. do feel this, like, um, kind of need to insert themselves into conversations that actually they have no stake in and don't know what they're talking about and whether it's them commenting or whether it's them being offended on behalf of yes that's be why offended on behalf of really fucking bothers yeah me. like i have i have a joke about being latino but looking white and yeah. the punchline is like i'm i'm latino but i look white because i'm blessed and in latino <laughs> rooms it always gets a laugh yes because latinos understand colorism in the latino yes, world that right. you do have it easier if you look white or are lighter skinned Absolutely. latino white rooms never laugh at it yeah. and it's because they think that i'm saying it's better to look yes. white and they don't want to be perceived as racist so yeah. did that joke work in portland absolutely not did it work in Boyle heights 100 percent. i have you know? the same thing with white progressive rooms too yeah yeah it's yeah it sucks which is crazy because it's like you're not white passing you are trans and they're still offended on behalf of both those communities yeah. it's like why <laughs> yeah i'm right. i'm of those communities I'm, I'm standing right I in guess, front of you guys i just i've just had it with them <laughs> like yeah. my patience is gone at this point yeah it's hard. i mean i will say as the turf in the room no i'm kidding <laughs> as the white intersectional um no but it is a, because i am like you know i am like progressive but i am a progressive that understands like those 
bounds. You know what I mean? And I've overstepped them before. Like I've made every mistake a white person of has course. made. Yeah. But it is a cha- like in that. But I am very ch- challenged right now of what what is an overcorrection? What are you okay to right. like, How will things be perceived well, like publicly? Like that's stupid. But I'm like, if me leaving a, like a laughing face on your post, is that going to get me canceled from weekend update in three years? Like yeah, I don't right. fucking know. Yeah. And so it's like, you want to be safer than sorry, but it's very, um, okay. It's very so confusing. This is my, this is not other people. This is my own hang up that I realized like really recently is that I have a trauma response to being infantilized because I was disempowered as a child and my parents didn't let me do anything. So like now if anyone, if anyone is like, Oh, I'm so sorry. It's like, it triggers like this, like don't fucking apologize to me. Call me a piece of shit. Cause I can take it. Like mm. I have such an anger when somebody is like over apologetic and or like treating you with like white kid gloves, gloves kind of. Yeah. yeah I, I would rather, and this is not, again, this is my own opinion of how to treat me i'd rather you just like have a clumsy fucked up interaction with me that's genuine than like i don't want to like you're talking to me like you're in a, a, a minefield like you're trying to like dodge mines the whole yeah. time like you're not even talking to me like i'm a person you're you're afraid you're gonna offend me like i'm i'm 33 years old i do roast battles and i yeah. i tell a lot of fucked up jokes all the time i can take anything you're gonna say to me or yeah. ask me like i'm an adult i'm not gonna oh my god i can't believe you said that to me i don't do that so I just, I don't know. I feel like, I, I think there is a bit of a chip on my shoulder, uh, which is why I act the way I do sometimes, where it's like, um, with without sounding like the anti-PC people who I hate the most, there is also a like, can you guys lighten up just a little bit? Like, yeah. for real. Like, this is such, for it's such a bummer to be trans already. Like, it's <laughs> fucking hard. You want to make it harder? Everything is such a, like, a fucking bummer all the time. Like, so serious. I got, I got in trouble. I got, people got mad at me once because I was in a bad mood and I just saw, like, um, whenever someone posts, like, a picture of, of a, a black trans woman on my wall, I'm just like, okay, you, I know she's dead. Like, oh, you yeah. know what? It's like, there's, like, why don't you post a picture of a, a black trans woman who like she bought a deli you know like a nice (laughs) fucking story yeah so i got i got so mad one day i just wrote um do you guys know that trans people can do more than just got murdered for a living that (laughs) is so good and i got i was so mad when i wrote that and some people thought it was really funny but some people were like wow okay like don't say that you know and i'm like fuck you don't tell me what i can say you know like um and but that's also so that's almost exactly the same thing that black people say about can you please not keep making films about us just being slaves right yeah, yeah. it's like of course we don't want you to forget about slavery but yeah. it's like we we also are modern day people who are <laughs> yeah. not slaves right so. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and yeah. i do i will say like on the feminism side i i do hate the constant thing of like women are less paid like it's like just non-stop about your oppression and you're like oh whatever. my god and i'm like yeah. Dude, you fucking, i know i don't care anymore like honestly I'm like, i don't even care we live it so i don't care you know what i mean yeah. and not like not that all these struggles are equal or whatever, but it's like, I am very anti that messaging at this point. Yeah. And there's a, you know, it's funny. There's a trans actress. I think her name's Alexandra Billings. She's from trans. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. And I love her. She, I heard her once on a podcast say like my Instagram is me doing like the most basic, simple shit. It's like me at lunch, me going to whatever. Yes. And people are like, why aren't you posting about these causes? And she's like, because I want trans kids in the middle to see that you can just be a normal That's, person and yeah. fucking go to the beach yeah. and live a nice life and have yeah. a career and do all this stuff. And it doesn't have to be like there's that whole thing too about like yes you are trans but like is that a hundred percent of your identity that's exactly how i feel which is right for race it's very it's very 
loaded question. Yeah, you know? right. But it's like, yeah. can I just be a person? Like, yeah. To to go with that, I actually did think about trans kids. Oh man, I like this podcast is exposing how much I actually care because I never, <laughs> I actually never say We're this. So stuff. sorry, guys. No, it's like. Um, I actually was thinking about like if I were a, ch- a child and I like you know was on Facebook or whatever and I was like trans and I wanted to come out and all I saw was like stories of people being murdered and how awful it is all the time like I wouldn't want to come out that's fucking scary man yeah. like yeah. I remember the first like before I dressed up for the first time and I was just like reading um, I don't want to say their names but like the people who you know taught me how to be trans when I first came out and they were just very hyper aware of like how we can get murdered and stuff and I'm like I don't even want to do this anymore. Like, are you saying that if once I walk out the door, I'll just be killed immediately? You know, yeah. like that's kind of what they were pushing forth. And I'm like, there's no way children are not being fucking affected by this. You know, like, why don't we show more stories about like the euphoria that comes out? And also, like you mm-hmm. said, like there's other things too, like um, a trans person, like, yeah, owns a burger place or like, right. I just like a, like yeah. a, a boring trans person, right? Yeah. You know, which <laughs> is which heroes. is all of them. No, <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. What do you? Um, can we do a lightning round? What are the questions you hate to be asked that everybody asks? Oh my god, um, I don't. You know, I don't get asked a lot of annoying questions anymore. I mean, other than the like surgery one, which I feel like is like the number one. Thing yeah, surgery. People, they, but like, are there questions that you're like, I don't want to fucking answer this ever again? Oh, uh, just or like is it everything um, I ask. You know, when I, I, you know, I use the word dude a lot. Um, mm. Do you get offended when I, I? I think back then I was hyper aware of being offended by everything, so I think I was like, Hey, you know, I know when you call me dude, I know you wouldn't do that with your girlfriends, would yeah. you? But uh, I think I've gone to like this place where like, um, dude. Even if you call me he, like I'll let you do that four times without me even giving a shit. Like I, I just, I'm just so sick of looking for things to be offended by. It made my life so miserable. And I think I don't know if this is even like a, com, you know, a completed thought, but I've realized recently that I'm very far left when it comes to social issues. But when it comes to like how I feel about myself, I talk to myself like I'm a right winger. Like mm-hmm. I, I talk to about myself like you know don't you know you're not just your oppression you know like get you know get the fuck up and pull yourself up by the bootstraps you know like i would never say that to other people to you know that they should do that in society but that's how i've kind of operated in my life now is i'm a right winger just to myself and a left winger everywhere else public personally and publicly (laughs) yeah like there's a pc in private oh no pc in public not pc in private that's kind of how i live my life now i think that's probably most people yeah i hope so but it is interesting i i am astounded sometimes by people i'm like isn't being offended so exhausting it is so every single thing all the time it is really exhausting i mean i i don't give a i just don't care about a lot of shit but i i know that i'm more numb to or yeah more distant than most people the thing that i just have no heart so the thing that i get a lot is um straight comics doing gay material at mics or shows and I can and they're friends of mine and I can see them looking at me from the stage I hate that. to see if I'm laughing if you're, are you okay with it do your fucking bit I don't I care. don't give a fuck I'm right. not gonna give you notes <laughs> and what I absolutely hate is the coming up after the show to see if your bit is okay. I have, dude, that happens to me so much with trans material. And it's like, dude, I wasn't even listening. That's exactly yeah. what I, I say. The I answer. care so little because of whatever <laughs> fucked up thing you said about trans people. First of all, I just did not hear laughter. Uh, so I'm sure you bombed with it anyway. Yeah. And then I'm going to come up after you and I'm going to do well. So like you could have said the worst things about trans people. Thanks for helping me look better. Right. You know, so I just don't, I, I'm done with all that. Like, um, I, I think that um, um, uh, this is gonna. Some of the stuff is not 
fully completed thoughts and they're going to sound problematic but i think that people need to stop taking systemic issues personally i think it's like um when somebody misgenders me or something right um yeah there's a personal like okay you're not considerate or whatever right um but sometimes it's because systemically we have taught people not to look at trans people like people that's bigger than me it's a bigger issue you know so if yeah. you take every systemic issue on a personal level, you'll fucking be miserable all the time. Yeah, It sucks. It shouldn't happen. I completely agree with that, but it is not personal. And once I started just adopting the mindset that none of this shit is personal, I just stopped caring. I know you're supposed to care about being misgendered. I don't give a fuck anymore because no matter what they say about me, I'm still a woman. I don't give a fuck. You can call me a dude, sir, and I'll be like, hey, can you not do that? And if they still do it, oh, okay, I don't need you in my life. Right. Like, no, fuck off. You don't want to call me what I want to be called and you know, screw off. But... Yeah, it's just um, I've gotten to the point now where like if someone online like there was a really funny thread the other day on Reddit, like I put up one of my jokes and every person who was <laughs> every person who liked me was misgendering me and every person who hated me was gendering me correctly. <laughs> and it was the funny. It was the funniest thread. It was like, man, this guy is really fucking funny. And it's like, no, you know what? She's really problematic. And I'm like, I want to talk to that guy who's misgendering me because at least he sees me as a, he's a new fan. Yeah, he's, like, he's a fan of mine. You know, he doesn't give a fuck. But um, yeah, I, I, I have been told, though, that I um. I have very, um, I don't have what you would call common trans experiences. Uh, uh, trans people have told me that. So I might be coming from a place of like unchecked privilege that I don't even know I have. So I, I am aware of that. But a lot of things I don't like. First of all, I don't like the term dead name uh, because I don't want to be, I don't want the word dead associated with trans people. Like I think it's mm. also, I think it's a bit over dramatic. Like is Robert dead? Like yeah. Robert was who I was for most of my life. And also Robert was quote-unquote brave enough to come out as robin was that not an act of bravery from oh, wow. robert you know like are you gonna just like spend your whole life hating who you were before like that's right. kind of fucked up you know and and so i like, can we use like former name or other name or mm. you know given name so like and it's just like like i i remember when i came out and i heard the term dead name and i was like i didn't sign off on any of this stuff why am i do i have to be okay with everything people tell me and so, like, you know, you're afraid to speak out because you don't want to get canceled and all that. I'm, so, I'm afraid of that stuff, too. But, yeah, I don't like dead name. I don't like this, you know, like, um, um, you're supposed to hate who you were before. Mm -hmm. Alexandra, Alexandra Billings did this play, and there was a really dramatic scene where, like, you know, there was a boy version of her and a girl version of her. And the last scene was her yelling at the boy version and the boy version, like, reaching out. I'm going to start crying. But, like, um, and, like, they hug each other at the end, you know? And it's like... I didn't think I was going to cry on the podcast, but like I was um, like, oh, you know, like when you come out and um, people talk about their dead name and like it's traumatic and it's triggering for me. And it's like, what did hating Robert ever do for my life except for make me hate myself more? So when I accepted that Robert was just a dude who tried his best and it didn't work out, my life got better, you know? Um, I just think it's just, it's just too much um, trying to be, it's going to sound awful, but let me see if I can be the um, the most oppressed person I can possibly be so that people can care about me, right? And so I, I remember recently I got kind of upset because I was telling people like, being trans is not the hardest part of my life. And I was telling you this before the podcast. If you want to know in a vacuum the hardest part of my life, bipolar is by far first. Mm -hmm. And then it would be being poor a second and being trans is third and being Asian is fourth. And, and I was just like, it just pisses people off. I'm like, I'm sorry, but trans is, is third yeah. in my life. Right. But, yeah. um, but you know, you're taught to like, I think there is too much narrative of negativity and I don't, I'm not one of those like 
positivity people i think it is kind of toxic to be positive but it's more like no everything does suck there are a lot of microaggressions i'm not one of those people who say that microaggressions don't exist i'm saying they do exist they're all true but if you focus on them all the time you are never going to be happy and uh, I remember there was, I'm sorry, I'm babbling, but um, there was one, I remember there was a time before I came out, actually, I um, was doing a lot of woke material in 2013 when I was like newly woke after my edgelord phase. And, <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, you, one of my favorite be, sentences yes. yeah. ever um, said on the podcast. That would be our quote. <laughs> yeah. And so I was on stage and I remember thinking like, man, nothing racist happened to me today. I'm bummed out. I don't have any material. Ooh. And I'm like, wait, am I like waiting excitedly? Yeah. What the fuck is that? Like, I remember thinking like, oh, you gotta be, you gotta be fucking careful, man. You're gonna be one of those. Um, and I just hesitate to say this out loud because it does sound like a lot of uh, right-wingers being like, don't be a victim and all that stuff. And I think they're doing it in a very reductionist, shitty way. But there is like some kind of like, there's a complexity to that, right? To like not constantly like just look, look for microaggressions all the time. Right. Yeah. It's like, I remember this summer you were traveling with your boyfriend in Spain and there was a shooting in Texas. They're like, oh, the, one. They'll, they'll pass a massacre. And you were despairing and you were like, I feel like I should be back in there like with my people and stuff. And I was telling you, I was like, oh, I felt like an asshole because I was like in España with all the like white Europeans. And then I was like, I should be back in like the U.S. with like Latinos, especially because it's happened to Mexican Americans. And I felt like right. I shouldn't be enjoying this vacation because I was like, oh. there's so many people from my community who are Chicanos who were suffering. And I remember you were telling me and my mom even calling me. And actually she said this through a, vo- a long ass voicemail. And th- she was just like, there is nothing you can actually really do right now, except for like donating money. Um, and they were like, but I forgot what you said. Like I something was, about enjoying the, like, the time. People have fought and died, gay, Latino, whatever. I was like, you are on a vacation with your boyfriend in Spain. Yeah. Men have died. Like gay men have been beaten. Like you are living the life that people die for. So it, oh, it's wow. actually, it's actually sometimes not disrespectful, but it's like they're like, bitch, I died. So you go be yes, in Spain and go, having fun. That, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Don't be sitting here crying with us. Like yeah. you died so that you can, you know, yeah. and it's not that like one happens for the other, but I, right, like, I don't think El Paso, no one died for me to be right, in Spain. Right, right. Yeah. But you mean like gay Latino men in the past who have like, um, fought for civil yes. rights. You know right. what I mean? Right. I mean, you're, you're living the highest thing that any gay man has been able to do like thus far in history. You know and I mean? was in one of the gayest cities. Like Madrid was very like, openly gay and very like queer and like there were like lesbian sex clubs there which is like i'm like i had never heard of such a thing yeah. it was just very like a cool place but i just felt like i was in the wrong place during that yeah time, like you, you felt know? like yeah. you, you know being happy like you felt guilty for enjoying yourself because yeah. other, yeah. other people were suffering right? but we right. want more people on the joyful side than on the like sad side. I try to of remember course, it yeah. for myself like I didn't even realize until I read this book it was like basically the history of American women or something and um, <laughs> like you know I feel the same way sometimes of like or even like female open micers that are like these hipster mics are unsafe spaces I'm like bitch go to fucking harp in in Costa Mesa <laughs> and be the only female yeah, comedian that's, that's really a fucking dangerous. unsafe it's really dangerous you in know? an Irish bar yeah but like I try to think, you know, or when people are like, you know, or white feminists are like, and this is like, it's like, yeah, dude, this is all a problem. But like, I live alone. I'm empowered. I'm on birth control. Like I can get a credit card. My grandma could not until like 
1970, whatever, get a credit card yeah. without a husband. Right. Like people don't realize how recent that was and how much people have like fought for that. Yeah. And they didn't fight so that we can sit down and keep complaining about yeah, it. It's yeah. like you yeah. one, you take the liberties that have been earned for you yeah. and you try to keep pushing them, but like I know I struggle with myself because I am a very can be a very defeatist person. And like yeah. I was thinking if I had a daughter, how would I raise her? I would not I would not tell her every day. It's gonna be so I know some people are like, no, tell them it's gonna be harder, so they have to work twice as hard. I'm like, let her just be yeah. and learn to work as a person and then when those issues come up or if those are feeling like, cause I, I think it, I think it makes you, um, it paralyzes you. Yeah, no, it, I, it's true. And also in Spain, I realized after these conversations, I was reading a Spanish, um, newspaper, I think it's called El País. And it was basically saying that there's like so many Latino immigrants from Latin America who immigrate to Spain, who literally deal with the same, uh, oppression of, from white people in Spain yeah. that they do in like the U S right. There's just ma- way more Latinos in the U S yeah. but in Spain, there's all these like Brown and black people from Latin America coming and they deal with like a lot of the same stigmas and you could see them. I mean, there were so many like immigrants in Spain and then it, I don't believe in like universe type stuff a lot, but I was, I went to a museum and randomly I didn't know there was this exhibit by this American artist who died of AIDS in the eighties. And he was, um, this just like white gay dude from New York, but he, he basically took a lot of photos and and did a lot of paintings in, uh, New York, New Mexico and Mexico. But he had this painting where he basically wrote a monologue on the painting in paint. And of course, at that time, it was mostly just Spanish-speaking people in the gallery. So they're reading the translation, and the translation was not bad. It just is, you can't quite, there's just certain things that you can't get by translating. Like, for instance, Shakira's music. Yeah. She's just much better. <laughs> She's yeah. just much better in Spanish. Yeah, right. Um, she sounds awkward in English, but um, we, it, it felt like that exhibit was meant for- Because it was written in English. It was written in English. Yeah, yeah he's this yeah. American dude from New York. It was felt like it was meant for me and my boyfriend. He's he grew up in the Bronx and we were reading what he wrote and it was it was like one big run on sentence and it was so amazingly powerful and angry. Yeah. And it was about the AIDS crisis, but he didn't exactly name the crisis. Oh. He wasn't naming like, "Oh, this is all about the AIDS crisis," but he was talking about uh people's disregard uh for gay men, for women, for trans people. It literally felt like it had been written the day before oh, wow. and not 30 years prior. That's amazing. Yeah. It was so amazing. And I got, um, I took a picture of it, but then I found out that the the program had, had it written in it. So I still have it oh, and I still nice. read it. And it's absolutely one of the like most moving pieces of art. And it made me feel like the trip was like, this is why you were meant to be on this trip for this exact Oh, exhibit. that's amazing. Because it was meant for you. Yeah. You know? Wow. That's really nice to hear. Yeah. That's amazing. Sorry that I went off in that rant. No, 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 no. Don't yeah. be. No, I. No, that's that's really beautiful. I, I, I mean, I, I do want to make like, um, just like to make my position clear. Yeah, in yeah, case yeah. It yeah. gets um like, uh, twisted. I, I just have this idea now, and it took me a long time to realize this, but, uh, I would just rather be happy than to be right. I just being right mm-hmm. is, first of all, being right is overrated to begin with. Like, it's just so <laughs> stupid that people want to be for like, if you are like, if somebody said this Pepsi is Coke, 
And he went, no, it's fucking Pepsi. And you argue about it. It's like, yeah, fuck it. Whatever. It's Coke. I, I'm going to move on with my life now. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. why this whole like, um, like it's a should mentality. Like yeah. should, things should be this way. And so I think I've kind of loosened up to be like, uh, sometimes I hear a fucked up joke and it's like, well, that joke is wrong, but it, do I want to laugh? Yeah, I want to laugh. So I'm going to laugh at that. You know, like mm-hmm. um, a lot of this, by the way, uh, that I'm saying now are, um, I, you know, you guys know, but I don't think I've said it on the podcast, but I was on some fucked up medication for years. So mm-hmm. I, and I was on like four of the wrong medications for like two years and I could not really laugh or cry. And yeah. I was numb. And you don't realize how much you miss laughing until you fucking lose the ability to laugh. Until mm-hmm. like so my favorite thing to do was laugh and then I lost the ability. And now that I can laugh again, it's like I don't want to lose this again. And I think that we actually as a society like are starting to like think of laughter as kind of this like weaponized thing. Like are, what are you laughing at? How can you laugh at that? You can do you know, and like, that violent. Yeah. Like, and it's like uh, this I like I like laughter so much now that it actually comedy has become my favorite genre and drama is now second because I lost the ability to laugh for a while. It's like, yeah, you can be right all the time, but you know sometimes you just gotta say the wrong thing to laugh. That's just how right. I feel about that whole thing now. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes when you're laughing, I mean, sometimes I'm saying stuff to you in the car like that's so not PC. <laughs> right. Yeah. It is honestly funny because it's like. It's almost just because it's just it's very so, human. It's, it's yeah. It's also know? it's so fucking absurd sometimes. Like yes. there's no way I believe what I'm saying. Like, also, like I yeah. there was a guy last week at a mic that we were all. He was like it was the thing of like we were all dying laughing at him because he was so like wannabe edgelord. Yeah. And he thought he was killing with his material, but we were all yeah. laughing at him because it yeah. was like you are a caricature of a person right yeah. now. Yeah. Right. And. I've been quoting him all week because what he was saying was so ridiculous. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, but some people would be like, wow, I guess you believe in cosigning yeah. his ideas. It's like, no, he was so stupid. That's really, I, oh, can I say something about that? I feel yeah. like I'm talking too long. Do you need No, to, you're good. We're almost no, at no. time, but go ahead. But go ahead. Okay. So I was actually, this is uh, just to go off what you said, not really about translating, but um, I was watching an old episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm from like 2008 and uh, there was a character that is a Korean bookie, and uh, he was talking with the act, you know, like the I had the accent and everything. And I remember I was laughing so hard at, and um, I was not laughing at the accent. I was laughing at like this is so racist. I'm so glad we don't do this anymore. Yeah, like right. I was laughing yeah. at, at this kind of this relief, Absolute ridiculous, yeah, of yes. this relief, right? So like I was thinking about this, and it's like, you know, people say like. Um, oh, you shouldn't laugh at old things because they're offensive. I'm like, actually, I think that you should. You should laugh because you should be happy that we don't do that shit anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm laughing that we don't do that anymore. Like, isn't that funny that it used to be okay? So I think even like things like that, like, I don't know. My, I have a, um, my brain is now like medicated. I have like positive bias now where like instead of looking at something like from 2008 and going, like, it's fucked up that used to happen. You, you can like change your perspective to be like, I'm glad it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And that's just like, I feel like whatever you can do to think in your brain to be happy, you should do that. Because if you think to yourself, I am awful, that is a lie. And if you think to yourself that you are awesome, that's also a lie because mm-hmm. your brain is not objective reality. Right. So why don't you just choose the lie that makes you happier? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of how I live my life now. I yeah. like that. Well, let's all be happy and not right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think we are no honestly um, that's yeah. a great place to end like searching for your own happiness like obviously yeah fighting for what's right when you have to fight but also not letting that 
get in the way of living you're your living life. Your li- yeah. yeah. By the way, before we end, Katie, is this shocking that you're hearing all this from me? Because you've known me for eight years now, right? No, I, yes. No, yes and no. I think it's been there. You've just been, you've just had a lot of turmoil. Yeah. And um, n- none of your like views are shocked. I'm really happy that you're in a like really balanced place and that yeah. you've found um, like what you want to be. You know what okay. I mean? Okay, yeah. Um, and welcome to... Um, crone womanhood <laughs> oh thanks katie's k- thanks. katie's in cronehood right i'm now. in okay. cronehood yeah have we started the podcast yet like yes. i'm kidding i'm kidding it's like you push play i'm sorry this is just the end. intro yeah. <laughs> um is there anything you want to promote before we go um well i guess like look me up on um instagram robin trans 04 uh i've been just posting a lot of my videos and memes and stuff now so yeah cool and misgender her if it's a compliment yes exactly yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you for being on robin okay thank thanks you. so much Bye. Bye. thank you living glam living rough living with jonathan and katie